Peace, 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 peace. Thank you all for tuning in to the First We Build podcast. I'm your humble host, Herut, and this is episode nine. So big up to y'all for checking this out or whatnot. But before we get rolling or whatnot, I want to remind you all to make sure you like, subscribe to this channel or whatnot, and make sure that you hit that notification bell or whatnot so you can be alerted when we go live or whatnot and um yeah man this is uh you know i've been <laughs> been been kind of missing in action with this podcast for for a few weeks and stuff like that you know just been really you know working and getting some things together actually you know i've been working on a film and um i also had to um picked up some um some client work as well um a couple of my clients has some things that they you know wanted to get done so it kind of pulled me away from this for a little bit but um you know we still tricking i mean <laughs> not tricking we still trucking along or whatnot you know keep rolling and whatnot but for those who don't know me again my name is Herut and i'm a filmmaker and i am the owner of uh push it forward media group and ninth lord films or whatnot here you're tuned into the Push It Forward Podcast Network. This channel was where you get to all the podcasts that we got rolling and everything like that. And I also got another channel uh, called Ninth Floor Films that I just created. And basically, you know what's gonna what what you're witnessing is that we're kind of diverging the content, right? Before this channel, I had films, had podcasts, all that type of stuff on there. We're going to split it up. So this channel is going to be dedicated to just the podcast work. Ninth Floor Films is going to be dedicated to all the films that, you know, we produce. So I'm real excited about that. Or whatnot. And basically, you know, on the film side right now, we've mainly been doing short films or whatnot. So I got two short films that I've dropped and I'm re-releasing on the new channel with some changes to it. We're going to do some do some different things with that. So definitely go subscribe and stay tuned to that. And um, I also have some doc um, some documentary style stuff that, um, you know, um, that we've done that I will be releasing as well um, this week. Um, so as soon as tomorrow, you'll see um, some clips and different things going up. So definitely go check that out. <clears throat> Indeed, but, you know, in usual fashion, you know, I like to go over kind of my regimen for the day. Usually I do this a little earlier, but this is a very busy day. So we're getting at it late. Or whatnot, but you know, today as far as just physical workout, this was mainly like a calisthenic day, push-ups, you know, sit-ups, different things like that that I was getting into, and um, did some uh, Rachi Gong. Uh, Rachi Gong is a um, you know I'm always like you know talking about the Qi Gong forms and stuff like that. It's a Qi Gong form that is inspired by the Zong Zhong, you know, style of Qi Gong, which is basically like a standing still Qi Gong style. You know, and you basically stand and still in a certain position, like a horse posture. And, you know, you change your hand positions, you know, to optimize certain functions. And you hold it for a prolonged period of time. You understand what I'm saying? And it sounds simple, 
but it, you know, standing still Qigong is actually the fundamental, you know, just the foundational um, posture for Qigong. And it's been studied. It's a lot around it that, you know, this, this form uh, definitely, you know, does, um, you know, does some very beneficial things in regards to, you know, healing in regards to, you know, just uh, mental function, lifestyle functioning, and, um, you know, a whole host of things everywhere, even just, you know, spiritual work as well. So um, definitely big up to that. Qigong form. And what's in my cup tonight is um, a green tea. I've drunk it before. It's one of my, you know, usually if I'm drinking green tea, I'm drinking this one. And it's uh, called Mao Fung or whatnot. Nothing too, special, nothing too special about it. I just kind of like the taste of it. Um, but it does everything that most green teas, uh, green teas do, you know, um, packed with antioxidants, you know, uh, good at raising the metabolism, got, you know, vitamin B, vitamins, different things like that, chlorophyll, um, good for blood circulation and different things like that. Just a real good solid tea to drink. You can usually get these at any, you know, kind of Chinese store. They have uh, Mao Fung. Or something very comparable to it. Of course, you can get it online at Amazon and stuff like that. And I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna start um, putting my um, Amazon links in here. I gotta go um, reactivate that account, and um, you know, you can get some links to some of these teas or whatnot, so you can go ahead and find it or whatnot real easy. But you know, this is the time of day where I'm not gonna be drinking coffee or yerba mate or nothing like that. We can be starting to wind down a little bit and stuff like that. My daughter's getting her bath and everything like that. So this is just a good kind of foundational tea to just ride the rest of the evening now so big ups to that all right so getting into what we're going to talk about today right and for those of you who are tuned in you see the title right and um it's really a question right and i'm gonna just get into what inspired this you know um, I was talking to somebody who we was having this conversation about, you know, black people and what black people have accomplished in this country and different things like that. And, you know, bringing up the civil rights movement and different things like that. And, you know, I asked the question, I was like, have you ever read the civil rights movement? I mean, not movement. Have you ever read the civil rights bill of 1964? Right. Major bill was always cited, you know, and it's one of those things that you know, is um, often attributed to, you know, one of the major accomplishments that black people have achieved in this country. You know, they always, when we start talking about things and they say, yeah, you know, we got the civil rights bill, but we need to do more and blase splee. But, you know, I've read the civil rights bill before. And if you read it, some interesting things in there, um, it, it, you know, good bill, but there's some interesting things in there and a lot of people who just take people's word for it would be really surprised, would be really surprised if they actually <laughs> checked out the bill and actually read the contents of it and see what's actually in there. Because the actual core foundation of that bill is not what you think, not at all. You know, and on this podcast, you know, we like to talk about the things that, you know, kind of... Um, you know, impact, you know, the black community and different things like that and our attempts to build and some things that, you know, um, we, we should be actively doing 
to help build us a little space of our own you understand what i'm saying build up a nice foundation for ourselves and you know always you know put our best foot forward to be better people individually and to be better people as a collective or whatnot so i thought that this would be you know something good to go over or whatnot in that attempt because it's it's attributed to us as one of our you know kind of accomplishments here so let's just you know kind of unpack and see if it really is an accomplishment or a win for black people. <laughs> so, um, you know, in true fashion, I always, you know, always open it up for people to come in and stuff like that. You know, I haven't done this podcast in a while, so we probably going to be, you know, people may trickle in or different things like that. But definitely if you're catching this on a playback, make sure that you uh, put some comments, man. Let's get the conversation started and everything like that. And also, I, I mean, hopefully, you know, one of these people, one of one of these um, ADOS people who, or FBA people that's been, you know, commenting on some of my other videos and stuff like that, man. Hopefully, y'all trip upon this, and you know, um, come hit me up, man, so we can um, have a candid conversation as well, or whatnot, you know. So uh, a little more on that later. I'm gonna do another specific ADOS. This is kind of like a FBA ADOS, you know, type of. Um, show as well but um we can we i got another one that i definitely want to do more specifically uh, but this show is definitely related to that all right so without further ado let's go ahead and um get into it right so like i said if you ask somebody have you ever read the civil rights bill even if they say they have, the truth is, is most people have never actually looked at the bill. Never actually read the bill themselves, right? But before I dive into the bill specifically, let's talk about, you know, kind of, you know, what was going on at the time, right? So we're talking about like the 1950s leading up to the 60s, right? You know, you got black people, you know, black people were um, not too far removed from slavery, Right. Not too far removed from um, from slavery. Less than 100 years. Easy. Right. You still had an abundance of people alive who were actual slaves, born slaves. Right. They were elders, but they were there. You understand what I'm saying? So this is a you know, this is an interesting time period. You know, a lot of these things are still fresh, you know, in um, in the country's mind. Right. And um, this was a, a interesting time. Right. You know, you had you know, this is kind of post-World War Two. You know, environment where, you know, America has established itself as a true world power, right? It was it was a world power before this, but World War, World War II kind of gave America its stripe. You understand what I'm saying? Like it's, <laughs> you feel me? They they literally dropped the bomb. The only country to actually use a a nuclear weapon on another country, right? This is, I mean, like, you talking about Rambo. You understand what I'm saying? Went to went through, actually dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, killed a whole bunch of people, right? Went and led the charge to save the um, the Jewish people from um, from the Holocaust in um, Eastern Europe or whatnot. You know, so now you know the United States is now asserting itself as the world leader right you know the world leader and this is where you really start getting into this world police 
kind of behavior that you see with the United States is just get it's just got stamped and solidified or whatnot. So that's what's going on here. And as a result of that, you know, you have this new middle class that's just booming. You understand what I'm saying? Let me take a quick slip. So you got this middle class that's just booming, right? You know, you got all of these different, you know, uh, especially white people, man. White people was really doing well during this time period. You know, a lot of white people were doing very well, but a lot of black people were really kind of left out of the situation, right? You know, you had black people, you know, they were paying their taxes. They were doing all this stuff, but, you know, they wasn't receiving an equal um, <laughs> equal distribution, you know, of those um, those tax dollars. Right. They wasn't really getting the bang out of their tax dollars. Right. You had, you know, um, legal legal segregation. Right. And, you know, a lot of times when we think about segregation, we like to think of it from a social perspective. Right. Um, but back then, you know, the, the social perspective of segregation was there, but it was kind of forced. Right. It wasn't like people were doing this by choice. Right. And we're going to we're going to kind of circle back on that point in a minute. Or what now? So you had legalized forced segregation where you had black schools, white schools and you know, black establishments, white establishments, and, you know, the black establishments, whatever kind of state funds, federal funds, you know, local funds, anything that was available to other, you know, establishments, whether we're talking about schools, you know, um, whatever infrastructure that was establishment, I mean, that, that was receiving any kind of, you know, government related funds, right? Black people was not getting an equal share of that, okay? And, um, you know, so that's where you got all the, everything that we all know about, you know, separate water fountains and all these different things and stuff like that. And then more importantly, you know, the black schools, the public black schools, they were public, not private, public black schools wasn't getting enough resources, right? Um, <laughs> that's, that's probably still the truth today, right? But um, yeah, so we'll, 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 we'll circle that point again as well you know about you know its actual impact a little bit but you know so then you know at this time right you know this starts brewing in the 50s and then comes the 60s is when it really starts catching steam right and you know that's where you see the rise of martin luther king and you know malcolm x and such and malcolm x wasn't really like a civil rights activist like that um he saw a lot of the holes in the plan that we've saw that we saw i mean that we see now but um he was kind of ostracized back then you know the, the mainstream media and um just overall country was not really you know um considering you know the recommendations from uh malcolm s they wasn't taking those serious right so Next major event during this time period, right? You see the assassination of John F. Kennedy, right? Major event, boom. You understand what I'm saying? Or whatnot. This is major for a, a country, you know, when your leader actually gets assassinated, right? And then you have good old Lyndon B. Johnson, LBJ becomes the president, okay? 
And um, L- LBJ is an interesting character, right? Um, you know, he you know was a very much a politician of his time. Um, and this, I mean, pretty much like a <laughs> like the prototypical you know American politician. I mean, I, I, he's not that much different than the people that you see today, but. Um, he was a uh, very loose, and there's also, you know, there's some some documented evidence of his uh, <laughs> kind of uh, racist disposition, right, on certain things. Um, matter of fact, let me go ahead and play a little clip. This was a, you know, archive, you know, supposed to be private White House um, conversation with um, Lyndon B. Johnson that was actually caught on tape. Or whatnot. I'm gonna just play the audio of this real quick. Let's get a good old picture of Lyndon B. Johnson. <laughs> yeah, so you guys can see who we talking about. This this guy here. All right, Lyndon B. Johnson. Okay, and let me make sure that we um. Uh, Make sure that the audio is playing on here. You can't have a poll tax. They can say you can't have a gas tax or cigarette tax or anything else. Federal government's telling the states uh, uh, pretty tough what what their business is. Now, you can say that they can't discriminate, but I've got to prove that it discriminates. Now, I can't prove it in Texas. There are more niggers voting there than there are white folks. There are more of them buying poll taxes than there are white folks. Higher percentage of them. And I can't show that uh, that the literacy test is discriminated against because they haven't got any. They got no test at all. Just like God, anybody that can get up and pay a dollar and six bets can vote. <laughs> I'm gonna run that back. Say what? Well, you can't have a poll tax. They can say you can't have a gas tax or a cigarette tax or anything else. Federal government's telling the states. Uh, uh, pretty tough what, what their business is. Now, you can say that they can't discriminate, but I've got to prove that it discriminates. Now, I can't prove it in Texas. There are more niggers voting there than there are white folks. There are more of them buying poll taxes than there are white folks. Higher percentage of them. And I can't show that, uh, that the literacy test is discriminated against because they haven't got any. They got no test at all. Just like God, anybody that can get up and pay a dollar and six bets can vote. All right, now he, uh, <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson has a strong, strong, strong accent, right? So it's kind of hard to, you know, uh, decipher everything that he's saying, right? But um, just to just to grab the gist of it, essentially he's having a conversation and he's talking about the literacy test and trying to prove if it's actually um, discrimination in the literacy test. And, you know, he, he makes a reference and, you know, basically saying that, you know, more black people are voting than whites in Texas. That's where he's from. But he actually said more niggas. <laughs> he said more niggas. <laughs> I'm going to give him class for just going ahead and saying it. he said there's more niggers voting than white folks in Texas. <laughs> right. 
And I mean, you could just hear how that just slid, boom. Like that was, that's regular talk or whatnot. You know, that's just regular talk. He just, boom. To us, that sounded like a bomb drop, but to him, that was just, they, like whoever he was talking to knew exactly what he was talking about. And that was, that's just normal. You understand what I'm saying? That's just the normal flow of how they talk. You understand what I'm saying? That's like me talking to some of my people and being like, you know, bro, man, yeah, they was, you know what I mean? Them, them, them folks outside. We know what we're talking about. He dropped niggers, boom. The N-word, ninjas, right? <laughs> and uh, they knew exactly what they're talking about, right? Now, you know, everybody knows that, you know, LBJ, you know, definitely he got them bones in him, right? He got that, that, he got that in him, right? But, and you know, so that, that that's not what we're going to talk about today. Not really right the point is is that this was the president that signed the civil rights bill into legislation okay and with him being wired the way how he is not that much different than most of the presidents that we experienced to be quite honest do you really think that he would be this benevolent guy you understand what i'm saying to eh, you know let's go ahead and Look out for the blacks. <laughs> Let's do something for our Negroes or whatnot. They've 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 gone through enough. Let's you know go ahead. Hey, go ahead and look out for you know our Negroes in this country, right? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm very familiar with spiritual work and you know the type of effort and different things that it takes for you to actually change. You know actually change transcend habits and different things like that you know um and i you know not judging lbj but i don't i don't know if he was doing any of that right <laughs> so you know i don't i don't think that his opinion of black people his outlook of the country what the country stands for what his role what he should be doing for the country i don't think anything changed right so when you look at that civil rights bill, do you think somebody like LBJ, right? This gentleman right here, <laughs> okay? Do you think that he would have put something in place that would actually benefit the black people in this country? Hmm. Do you think that the civil rights bill is even for black people? better question well let's um <laughs> let's explore right so let me go ahead and get lbj off of here let me go and uh pull up something right let's go ahead and pull up the good old civil rights bill all right now i have a copy of the whole bill and I hope everyone can see this pretty well. Let me go in. Yeah, that looks pretty good. Maybe I can zoom in a little bit more. Yeah, there we go. Good deal. <clears throat> okay. So this is like a at glance. But, you know, in this tab, I actually have the entire bill. Okay. The entire bill all the way spelled out. Right. So, you know. The Civil Rights Bill was passed in July of 1964, okay? 
Um, under this bill, there are 11 titles. Okay, and some of these titles are going to look very familiar to you. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and um, you know go over. I'm not going to read this entire thing, but I'm gonna just hit the highlights, right? So here, Civil Rights Act of 1964, uh, 11 titles at a glance. Okay. So the Civil Rights Act of 1964 addresses discrimination in diverse contexts, ranging from discriminatory voter registration practices to segregation in business establishments and public schools. Though its 11 titles collectively address discrimination based on race, color, religion, national origin, and sex, the Civil Rights Act of, of 1964 was principally enacted to respond to racial discrimination and segregation. Right? The 11 titles vary substantially, including the actions they prohibit, how they are enforced, the entities subject to a title's rec um, requirements, and the remedies for different statutory violations. This is this in focus highlights some basic features of blah, 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 blah. OK, right. So a key point here is so you can I put my light, um, highlighter in this joint. Mm. See if I can get the highlighter jumping off for those of y'all who are viewing this on YouTube live. Nonetheless, key point here says, though its 11 titles collectively address discrimination based on race, color, region, I mean religion, national origin, and sex, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was principally enacted to respond to racial discrimination and segregation. Now, we're going to go back to this one as well. All right, so we are we talking about 1964 at large in the United States. What type of racial discrimination? What did we see? OK. It was against who? Black people. OK, so. We're talking about racial discrimination between at large part between blacks and whites. But why so ambiguous when it comes to this, right? This is supposed to be a law that, you know, was enacted through the efforts, really like the, you know, the blood of black people um, at the time, for sure, right? We're talking about the whole dogs being sick on people and everything to get this bill passed, right? But why is the language so ambiguous? Very interesting. We're gonna go back to this in a second. Okay, but let's go over these titles, right? So title one, discriminatory voting tactics. Okay. All right. Title one addresses the discriminatory disqualification of eligible voters based on race. Okay. More specifically, title one amended voted voter Precisions, voting precisions, I mean provisions of the Civil Rights Act of 1957 to bar generally one, the use of different standards for qualifying voters, two, certain uses of literacy or interpretation tests for voter registration purposes. This is what your boy Lyndon B. Johnson was just, you know, talking about, right? 
And three, the disqualification of voting applicants based on immaterial errors in a registration or other voting documents. Okay. All right. So, you know, that's what, you know, the black, you know, um, mainstream media is all in the hoopla about right now. Voting rights. Okay. Now, back then, you know, they put these different things in place to keep black people from being able to vote. Right. Because, you know, not only of a lot of black people back in the day um, wasn't literate. Um, there were a lot of white people that wasn't literate. In fact, probably most of the world wasn't literate back then. Right. Because. We were just coming out of a time period where literacy was really like a luxury, right? It wasn't an important thing, okay? I mean, it, it was good to know. I think it's very important. We know the value in being able to read and write, but you got to realize that the bulk of the world, okay, prior to pretty, pretty much, you know, prior to like the 1920s and such, the bulk of the world worked with their hands you understand what i'm saying they worked with their hands they worked they were we, we lived in at large agricultural societies um you know manufacturing societies and different things like that so your literacy wasn't that important so a lot of people couldn't read and write um but specifically um at this point in time once the literacy started picking up in the general population because of these discrimination tactics and different things like that, oftentimes a lot of black people were left behind. Matter of fact, um, you know, kind of um, interesting fact, uh, Rosa Parks actually failed the literacy test that they give for voters three times or whatnot. Look that up. She's actually failed it three times or whatnot. Maybe one time we can pull up that literacy test and see, you know, what, what, what that really was about. But, um, you know, this was an interesting thing, okay? And they're still talking about voting rights right now, okay? So this is like the same playbook, right? 1960s, these are the things that they want. All right, let's keep on going. Title II, discrimination against patrons of commercial businesses, okay? Section 201 of Title II addresses segregation and discrimination against patrons based on race, color, religion or national origin and their access and services at four categories of business establishments. Um, section 201 contains an exception for private clubs not open to the public. Boom. Okay. All right. So that means you can still, you know, operate, you know, your own little private social club, you know, this lounge, you know, you got your, you know, uh, Masonic lodges, you know, your frat houses and all those different things, you can still operate this. <clears throat> this is mainly talking about other um, type of more public establishments, right? Private individuals may bring suit seeking injunctive, injunctive relief for Title II violations. Um, so basically, this is to address the whites only signs. And different things like that that was prevalent you know throughout the country especially in the south and other places like that and otherwise you know public um establishments right so you know means you know mcdonald's couldn't have a whites only you understand what i'm saying sign in the front of it right so that's what title two did okay um again are black people in this 
Yeah. But are black people specified in this? No. Okay. All right. Title three. Okay. And please definitely put your comments through here. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you're thinking or whatnot, you know, um, so we can uh, keep this conversation going. All right. Title three. Desegregation of public libraries, parks, and other facilities. Okay. Um, Title three addresses segregation and discrimination based on race, color, um, religion, or national origin in public facilities such as parks and recreation, libraries, prisons, <laughs> prisons, etc. Right? <laughs> Ain't got no black only prisons, right? Soda, right? Or do they? <laughs> but anyways, um, so basically, you know, back in this time period, you know, they used to have these sections in public spaces and parks, you know, the water fountains, all those different things, you know, um, that, you know, only, you know, basically colored, because that's how they broke it down. They didn't say it wasn't necessarily black, it was colored. So that included all the people, but this was mainly because white people didn't want black people mixing with them and stuff like that, right? But again, you know, these are cool, right? These are, these are, these are cool, but I mean, I, I could say, you know, we could probably look back at it and say, you know, yeah, to us, this doesn't seem like a big deal, but it probably was, you know, a big deal back then for sure or whatnot. But, you know, these are not things in general that um, really, really, really can uplift a community, right? Maybe socially and overall just feeling like you're included in the country. These are what these things are addressing. Okay, let's keep it moving. Title four, desegregation of public schools in colleges. All right, so these are talking about schools that are receiving public funding. Okay, they can no longer discriminate against black people. Okay, or whatnot. So title four addresses segregation and discrimination in public schools and university systems. Like title three, title four concerns the federal enforcement of equal protections guarantee under the 14th Amendment and authorizes the Attorney General to file enforcement actions that materially further desegregation, right? Um, all right, when originally enacted, Title IV concerned desegregation based on race, color, religion, or national origin. In 1972, okay, Title IV was amended, okay, to add desegregation based on sex, okay? So, what you have here is basically, back then they had public schools that were um, segregating black people. And then oftentimes, the parts that were, you know, segregated for the colored people, quote unquote, right, um, was under worse conditions, less funded, less attention, less maintenance, less, and then, you know, as a result, some less opportunity, right, or whatnot. Again, important, but... You know, it's kind of um, doesn't really address the issues 100%. But I can imagine being back in those time periods where you got like the thumb, a thumb on your neck. These things seem very important for sure, right? Let's move along. Title five, the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Okay, so this is so Title five expanded responsibilities of the U.S. Commission for Civil Rights, an entity created through the Civil Rights Act of 1957. 
Among other operational matters, Title V also addressed the um, U.S. CCR hearings and witness subpoenas. Congress continues to fund it. So this is a kind of a governing body that helps evaluate, you know, and, you know, check out the actual effectiveness of um, these, these, these policies and how they're actually being enacted. So that's what this is for. Okay, moving on. Title VI, discrimination in federally funded f- programs, right? So Title VI addresses discrimination by recipients of federal financial assistance, meaning that the federal government cannot... Ooh, this is interesting though, right? Because I can see this being flipped. Let me read this a little bit, right? Section 601 provides that recipients must comply with the mandate that no person on the basis of race, color, or national origin be excluded from participation in or be denied the benefits of or be subjected to discrimination under any federally funded program or activity. Hmm. This is interesting, right? We're going to go back to that, right? Section 602 authorizes federal departments and agencies to effectuate Section 601. Okay, thus, when a federally funded program or activity commits race discrimination in violation of Title VI requirements, the federal agency that dispersed the funds may investigate investigate the potential violation and, deter- and terminate or withhold fundings of that recipient subject to certain procedural preconditions. Um... Okay, so look, so this is a question, and I love to get somebody who's like a, you know, who's a master of this to, to, you know, talk about this because this is an interesting title, right? Does Title VI make reparations illegal? (laughs) Right? Because you see, essentially what it says is that no federally funded programs can be used to exclude the participation in or deny the benefits of based on race so if we were to if, if, if the government was to pay reparations to black people is it what's the loophole that makes it legal now this is what you what our people at the time was fighting for this law hmm and i know what the intent was but did this kind of can this be utilized to make to make reparations impossible unless this is amended Hmm. y'all put your thoughts in the comment section anybody know more about this please 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 put your thoughts in the comment section all right all right title seven okay Title VII addresses, or this is discrimination in employment, right? Now, you see this all, all the time when you're getting a new job, you're applying for a job, you see this title in there, right? Didn't know that that was, a, you didn't know that that was a part of the Civil Rights Act, right? Okay. We, we're already about over halfway over going through all the titles of this. And have you seen anything specific to black people? Okay, this is a summary. I'm going to go to the big bill and I'm going to do a search for you, right? <laughs> to even reiterate, okay? 
So D- Title VII addresses discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, or national origin by private sector and federal government employers with respect to their employees and applicants for employment. Okay? So basically, you can't deny a person a job based on race. Prior to that, you could. You can legally do that. You can say, I didn't hire him because I didn't want to hire no niggas. No ninjas. Let me get my YouTube um, lingo right. No ninjas. You could do that. So this law put this in place and make say you can't do that. You can't not give somebody a job because they're a woman. You can't not give somebody a job because they are from some uh because of a particular race. You gotta find another reason. <laughs> okay. All right. This is this is one that's easy for them to get around, by the way. Okay. But that's what this civil this title in the bill is for. Okay. Title eight, bold in statistics. Title VIII directs the Secretary of Commerce to conduct a survey of registration and voting statistics capturing data relating to race, color, and national origin. So this is just basically creating, you know, a, a, a task, you know, for the government to keep track, to keep track of voting statistics, okay? All right, because maybe, you know, this was misreported prior to this, so they wanted to make sure that this was reported correctly, Okay. Um, Title IX, Appeal It Review and Attorney General Intervention. Title IX enacted two unrelated provisions, Section 901 and 902. Section 901 amended to permit appeal it review of district court orders denying removal petitions in certain civil rights cases. It concerns situations where individuals subjected to state prosecutions in connections with exercising constitutional or statutorial uh, protected rights sought removal of such prosecutions to federal court, right? So this title really just deals with how, you know, um, violations of the Civil Rights Bill or civil rights in general are um, are um, executed, right? Are enforced and what can be done, Okay. Title 10, Community Relations Service. Title 10 established the Community Relations Service to assist communities with resolving disputes, disagreements, or difficulties relating to discrimination based on race, color, or national origin. Okay? Uh, So there's an update. Through a 2009 funding provision, CRS's activities also include prevention and response to alleged hate crimes based on actual or perceived race, color, national origin, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, religion, disability. So this essentially, you know, um, is a, is a, another title that's deal, dealing with, you know, kind of um, trying to resolve potential issues or different things like that. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, yeah. This is something that they fund every year. So there's you know, uh, there's probably some federal funding out there, some money that some nonprofit can collect um, to help um, carry out some of the missions of this particular title. And I'm pretty sure a bunch of groups have already that that's they're doing that. So that's what that does. All right. Title 11. Here we go. Title 11 enacted several miscellaneous provisions among those for these provisions section 1104 addresses the interaction between state and local anti-discrimination laws in the Civil Rights Act of 1964. 
In general, the 1964 Act does not preempt state or local anti-discrimination laws that provide parallel or overlapping protections. When addressing claims that 1964 Act has preempted a state or local anti-discrimination provision, federal courts typically analyze whether the challenge state or local law conflicts with the tax. So this is basically dealing with, you know, states' rights, right? You know, trying to, uh, re- you know, um, reduce any, you know, um, conflicts between, you know, state and local government and what the federal government, you know, enforces. This is kind of like what you see with marijuana law or, you know, in um, same-sex marriage and different things like that, you know. This is here to deal with that in regards to race, sex, color, religion, different things like that, right? So that's all 11 titles, right? And this is just some extra information. We're not going to go over that, right? But, you know, um, (laughs) in this breakdown, we had black people dying, you know, getting dogs sick on them, fresh out of slavery, you know, for all practical purposes, relative to the amount of time we were in slavery, right? Um, they this all culminates in the 60s to deliver a bill such as this one, <laughs> right? You know, um, no mention of black people specifically. Now, this is just a summary, but like I told you, what I was gonna do, I'm gonna go to the actual complete bill. This is with all the jibber jabber written all through it, okay? And I'm gonna do a search. All right. So just to keep it honest, let me do a search and search something that I know that's in there. Okay. So let's search the word title. All right. It shows up in 105 times throughout here. All right. Let's search the word race. Shows up 29 times in here. Okay. All through here. Race. Right. Colors in here. Right. Let's search up the word black. Not a nothing. <laughs> Let's search up the word Negro. Nothing. Let's search up the word African. Nothing. Let's search up the word colored. Not colored. Colored. Nothing. <laughs> so is the civil rights bill a black bill at all can can black people claim this as something that is a win for us we just went through it we just went i mean out minus of reading all 28 pages cover to cover we know what's in here i just did a search for something in there that even mentions the word black african negro colored not one of these words is mentioned in this bill. Okay? Right? And people got the nerve <laughs> to get, you know, bent out of shape about people who say all lives matter. Black people went and fought for a bill that was for all people. <laughs> right? Now, these things, this could have been passed under anybody this was there was nothing controversial nothing mind-blowing nothing revolutionary about anything that's in this bill this is normal stuff 
right? This doesn't deal with anything about remedying any any of the there's no there was no remedy given to all the different you understand you know drawbacks that black people experienced during this time period right no reparations okay so what the heck is this right I mean we just went through it most people have never written it, it I mean never read it before and it mentions nothing about black people now Let's compare and contrast. Okay, I'm gonna go to before I go to the to the to the real um <laughs> the the problem child out of all this. I want to go to the bill that I've been hearing going around HR 55. Let me make sure you guys can still see that. Okay, is anybody? Yeah, okay, I see you, Tobias. Yeah, you read Title Seven recently for the jab exemption for religious reasons. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always used that for all of, and, and for everybody listening on the audio, um, I'm reading some comments, right? But, you know, um, I've always used that, you know, for all the other ones, but, you know... Um, <laughs> I don't think that title is going to help us for the COVID one, to be quite honest with you. They've, they've already wiggled around it. You know, it's interesting or whatnot. But, hey, you know, this is America, right? So, HR 55, right? And I'm not saying nothing against in for or against the vaccine. I'm just saying it's, you know, COVID's changed the game. All right. So HR 55, right? If you don't know what HR 55 is, okay, this is the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act. Okay? So this is what they're, you know, pushing through Congress right now. Okay. So findings. Section 2. In the 20th century, lynching occurred mostly in southern states by white southerners against black southerners. Okay? This is a, another acknowledgement that this is something that was committed against black people. <laughs> okay? Lynching. All right? Um here's some just some background information in 1892 to the um, Tuskegee Tuskegee Institute began to record statistics of lynchings and reported that 4,742 reported lynchings had taken place by 1968, which uh, which 3,455 of the victims were black. Okay, overwhelmingly majority black. Most of the lynchings that lynchings that occurred in the South were mass mob-like lynchings. Mass mob-like lynchings were barbaric by nature and blah, blah, blah. Okay, 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 all right. So we see what, what, what this is. Okay, now let's see what they're wanting to do with this bill. Right? I mean, they even get into, you know, they got some, some accounts, right? So evidence by NAACP investigator Howard Kester documented the extreme brutality of these lynchings. An ex ex excerpt from Anatomy of a Lynching. Further illustrates this point. After taking the <laughs> here we go. After taking the ninja to the woods, 
about four miles from Greenwood, they cut off his penis. He was made to eat it. Then they cut off his testicles and made him eat it. They made him eat at them, eat them, and say he liked it. Okay, this is an account. This is all the stuff that they put in here. Okay, and this was a black person, right? And they already acknowledged that lynching was something targeted, something that black people were targeted for, right? Targeted, you know, to to be lynched. So, what are they trying to do about this? What's the resolution? Offenses, offenses involving lynching. Whoever, whether or not acting under color of law, will willfully acting as a part of any collection of people assembled for the purpose and with the intention of committing an act of violence upon any person causes death to any person, not black people, any person shall be imprisoned for any term of years or for life fined under this title above. Okay. That's that's what the, that's what this bill is about. The anti-lynching bill. It's just putting in law that if somebody get lynched, they should go to jail. And it don't even provide any protections again for black people. So we have black. It was mentioned twice. I've read both times that black was mentioned in this anti-lynching bill named after a young black man who was lynched. Emmett Till. Right? The two times, okay, where they mentioned most of the victims were black. This, that's what it said. That's the only time it was mentioned. But outside of that, there's no extra protections for black people to see what happens with Negro. This is just somewhat a quote from somebody. Let's see if they have anything for African. No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> okay. This is our Congressional Black Caucus. At this point, right? So we're looking at this. What is this anti-lynching bill? Something that somebody will get arrested for that will have to serve time for today anyway. Why are they talking about this, right? Now, I'm going to go to the bomb drop relative to these times, right? This is, okay, same Congress, same Congress for this anti-lynching bill, 117th Congress, first session, title, COVID-19 Hate Crimes Act. Let's read it, findings. <laughs> All right, y'all already know where I'm going with this, but I haven't seen, and I, I could miss it, I know somebody have, but I wanted to do it, right? I haven't seen anybody really just go through these bills and look at them and see what it's actually saying. Okay. So the findings following the spread of COVID-19 in 2020, there has been a dramatic increase in hate crimes and violence against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Okay. According to a recent report, there were nearly 3,800 reported cases of anti-Asian discrimination and incidents related to COVID-19 between March 19, 2020 and February 28, 2021. This is a year, okay? And, and they don't specify what these cases are, right? This could be name calling, this could be a punch in the face, and in some cases it could even be death. And we're not, I don't, I don't, 
I'm not, I don't condone it anyway. I don't discriminate against people, right? But this is what we're talking about. Now we contrast to what we were reading here in this anti this um anti anti lynching bill. What we're talking about deaths, okay? Over a much longer period of time, 300 and 455 reported, verified deaths, okay, to black people. All right, and we already know how many years of slavery is not even a question, right? Here, during this time frame, race has been cited as the primary reason for discrimination, making up over 90% of incidents. And the United States condemns and denounces any all anti Asian and Pacific Islander sentiment in any form. Okay, right, so. When you read this, they already they already did something very specific that they didn't do in any of these so-called black bills. They've cited them specifically. This is right here. You got to look at these laws. Okay? Right here. Okay? And then they bring up, you know, um specific cases that that you know that and these are not good this is not this is tragic right where those those seven women were killed seven people were killed over there six people or whatnot in atlanta okay or whatnot here in atlanta it's crazy stuff right but you see that they've already specified this is for them they didn't take the situation and say let's decide let's make something for everyone they took this and said, let's do something for the Asians. And they specified Asians and Pacific Islanders. <laughs> okay? So, you know, when we talk about this, you know, this this, this schism between ADOS, FBA people versus, you know, um, our um, the African diaspora, right here, they 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 are bound together here anti-asian and pacific island so so you don't even get it twisted so these are people who look like they could be from you know an asian country that they're not pacific islanders right and what i mean by that is you know somebody who, who who are not good at reading phenotypes they can look at a pacific islander sometime and maybe assume that they are from china or different things like that they they went and they addressed that confusion Let's see how many times Asian is mentioned in this bill. 16 times. Okay? This is major stuff. Right? You know, they documented where the businesses that they took place and all these different things, right? All over the place. So let's see what the resolution is. What happened? Okay, mm. guidance. Guidance for law enforcement agencies. The Attorney General shall issue guidance for state, local, and tribal law enforcement agencies pursuant to this act and other applicable, ap applicable law on how to establish online reporting of hate crimes, you know, collect data, case span, public education. All right. Um, okay, so yeah, so they got resources there to track them right to identify a hate crime against an asian again nothing really nothing specific like that for black people in any of these laws okay 
Mm. Okay. Grants. Grants for state-run hate crime hotlines. So they got they got hotlines. They got money allocated for reporting, okay, for um, anti-Asian hate here, okay? The Attorney General shall make grants to state to create state-run hate crime reporting hotlines, right? Grant period made under subparagraph shall be a period of no more than five years. So for the next five years, they got money allocated for them to basically, you know, snitch on you if you do something to somebody, right? Which nobody should be doing nothing to no Asian people anyway, right? Let's, let's, let's set that record straight, first of all. That's not the point that I'm making here, right? All right, so basically, they have given the Asian and Pacific Islanders a, you know, um, pretty much a protected group status, okay? They got all types of reporting agencies, federal funds allocated towards this, right? Um, and you will be facing hate crime, hate crime charges based on this, right? Which are serious crimes. What's it, you know, um, see something real quick. All right. So, right. So they got funding, different things like that, all allocated to reduce and address Asian hate in relation to, um, appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, brother. In relation to COVID-19. Right. So, <laughs> this is important, right? First of all, reading is fundamental. Um, and I, I encourage everybody to go check these bills out. Go read these bills. Go look at them. Right? Because it's one thing to hear your way through life and see your way through life. And I'm talking about watching media and different things like that. And hearing what people were saying, right? You have people on there that is supposed to be working on our behalf, right? And they're saying they're doing a X, Y, and Z for you, black person, right? But when you go and you read the, not even a fine print, the bold print, these, this is law, this is publicly, you know, available documents that you can read. And you see, it's like, dang, ain't nothing in here for black people, but they have, and that's just, I just use the example because it's something that we're going through right now. But this, the Asian hate bill mentions them, calls them out specifically multiple times, right? And these other bills, they acknowledge why these bills are coming about, but they didn't do anything specifically to address the people, right? So for me, right, in relation to building, in relation to how we need to move in this country it's clear to me that the country does not have an interest in doing anything for black people specifically they really don't and there's a long track record to prove it okay you gotta go and do your research and look at this right and with that being said you gotta look at where energy should be allocated towards right okay you know, I hear people talk about, you know, black capitalism is not going to save us, right? But based on what's on the ground, what's in front of us, <laughs> we don't have a choice but to pursue black capitalism, right? You got to realize how much 
black people went through in the 60s to get those bills passed. You got it's video evidence, right? It's not. And here's the other thing that's so important. Right. The TV was just really becoming a major thing back then. So when, you know, black people were in the news getting bit up by dogs and getting beat up in fire hose, everybody was watching. It might as well been the Internet. It wasn't like people was numb at the TV at this point, right? There were certain things if the president was on giving an address in the 60s, everybody was in front of their TV watching. Okay? This is the world that people were living in back then. So everybody saw it. It was on the front of mind of everyone. Okay? And even with all that, still couldn't get anything specific. Right? So, <laughs> what makes you think that they'll be interested in doing that moving forward? It's an interesting thing to ponder. Right? In the meantime, for me, I'm going to keep working on my end. Whatever, whatever channels, industries you're in, whether you're construction, you know, if you're in entertainment, media, film, you understand what I'm saying? Technology and food, you know, lifestyle businesses, clothing, all those different things. We don't have a choice but to work together because obviously this country doesn't have an interest in doing anything for black people specifically. And the number one problem, as I stated in a previous episode, we don't necessarily we don't have the relationships, the global ties and different things like that to make them. Right. So I think that is, you know, overall, it's a waste of time for us to be beefing with like like, you know, people that we have some things in common. We might we've been separated so long that maybe culturally we might not be on on task 100 percent with all the rest of the black um people throughout the world right this is true there's some you know um some problems that need to be resolved there but i don't think that we get anywhere by isolating ourselves that way right because we've already tried that playbook right you can get up there and say that right and we had people saying that people protesting all these different things the way how the government functions now they could just ignore you <laughs> they could just not listen to you and then the reparations talk the you know i'm doing this for for i want something for black people specifically talk goes away they could just ignore it and they got enough people that will collude with them to help it go away as well so we might as well really turn our attention inwards and get the work and work these issues out that we have you know um build up you know our our people our families and different things like that and um, take it to the next level and start, you know, building, start taking it, start looking at what we can accomplish from there. And then maybe we can get to the point to where we have the international relationships, the economic fortitude, the cultural, social fortitude to be able to uh, get some things done. All right. So this was episode nine. Thank you all for tuning in. Shout out for all of y'all that were in the live and whatnot um you know and um we'll, we'll be back with episode 10 or whatnot um and you know come with your questions you can come load it up i'll try to shoot something out there so you can know when we're actually going to be live with this and stuff like that i got a busy schedule so i try to pop them in 
you know, um, when I can still stick, um, stick to the Tuesday, Thursday, trying to um, kind of slot or whatnot, get it done that way. And, um, you know, let me know what you think or whatnot. Um, for I'm out, make sure that you tune in to tomorrow's episode of Cosmic Convos Podcast and all the other episodes. You know, we've been really cooking or whatnot. That's another perspective or whatnot. All of these things tie together for sure. You know, you might be like, man, you, you got astrology over here, but it, it all ties together. Trust me. Right. Trust me. It all ties together. You know, astrology gives us an excellent tool for planning, for preparation, for, you know, um, operating in the community, raising a family, all those different things. It's a practical science, you know, um, and, you know, the Plant Based with Love podcast is, is a great part of that, too, because we talk about the actual relationship aspect of it and our nourishment, how we actually, you know, feed ourselves so we can have the health to be able to fight these battles and different things like that. You understand what I'm saying? And then we got the Single Dad podcast where we can actually talk about, I think, you know, and, and I, I'm going to do a show and, you know, we'll talk about this some more in another episode. But, you know, I think. The number one priority in the black community should be the black man. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, for those of you who may know me or whatever, know that, you know, I come from a background of, you know, engineering and construction. You know, I'm an engineer, it was a civil engineer. And then, you know, I work in, you know, we work in the construction type industry. And we, you know, when you project, when you're doing project management and you're constructing a project, you're building, you know, um, whatever the project is, you have a critical path, right? And when you look at that critical path, I say that black men are the critical point there, right? Because if that's not operating, your project never gets off the um, never gets off the ground. Not saying that black women are not important and they don't have issues. We know that that's a fact. But I think like the, the crux of full upliftment of the black community, the black man has to be on point. We have to be on tack. So. More on that later or what now. We'll do that in another episode. But, um, you know, that's what all this is about. You know, and that, that single dad podcast is important with that because we talk around a lot of issues with um, fatherhood. You understand what I'm saying? And the court system, legal system, all those different things like that that impact father's role in society. All right. But, um, you know, I'm not going to talk your heads off. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I think this was a great episode. Make sure you like and share this episode. Share this channel. Make sure you subscribe. Let all your people know so we can start building up this arm, building our influence in this industry with people who are thinking this particular type of way so we can start really pushing it forward and um, taking our lifestyle, taking our culture to the next level. All right. So, again, my name is Harut, and thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back with another episode. Peace.